hi everybody welcome back to the Vobis dude podcast i'm here today with robert weisblatt bobby weisblatt he's been around Vobis dude quite a bit you've probably read some of his content seen some of the video interviews he's done he's been on podcasts as well so if you're no stranger to the platform you're no stranger to bobby hi bobby welcome hello thanks for having me back always nice to be on uh, on any production of Obis dude and um, it's it's nice to be a veteran now um, yeah you feel like you're it's, it's no man. longer <laughs> no longer a guest it's uh, I'm, a, I'm a recurring character now which feels yeah, cool sure. yeah yeah well well welcome maybe we can give an update since last time like I think last time we you were on a podcast um, here as well but you you were just moving back to the states right or, or about to I think. Yeah, so you yeah, were selling yeah. a computer screen. That's what you were doing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I forgot that. Um, I'm. I'm actually. I'm really glad that we did the whole kind of computer screen plug, because, uh, for you know, for a couple of reasons. First of all, that really helps me like date exactly when when we talked. Not not mm-hmm. just that it was a period of, you know, when I was about to leave Ireland and when I was thinking about. Um, you know, getting ready to move to the U.S., but like the week of selling that computer screen was a very specific week within that period as well. So, like, mm-hmm. we're we're in a very specific zone. The second reason that I'm glad that um, you brought that up is um, it was it was kind of pretty hilarious how I ended up selling the screen. Just just like kind of a an interesting dude who came and came and bought it. To, to answer your question, rather than just like rambling on here, though, uh, yeah, no, you're right. Ahead. Last time we spoke. <laughs> It was in, um, must have been December. And uh, yeah, I was getting ready to move to the US, which we did in January. We, we were delayed a little bit because the day before we were supposed to leave, my, my wife got COVID, but she is all good, all recovered, okay. was fine, luckily. But we had to stay in Dublin a little longer while she quarantined. And uh, then we came to over to the US, stayed in New Jersey with my family for a little bit, and then moved to uh, New York City. Was there any like culture shock coming back to New York and Brooklyn? Because I know when I visited, I was like, whoa, there's a lot of noise. Um, everybody's got a pit bull. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was a bit overwhelming the first day I, I came back to visit, I remember. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, there's, there's a lot of American people everywhere. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's the thing of, being surrounded by American people and when I don't know if you feel this way but when I first god you you know now that I'm saying it I feel like we've we've talked about this on a podcast before but oh yeah you know I have this thing where like when I hear an American accent or especially when I first came back your ears kind Mm -hmm. of perk up right because they would being in Germany just as they would for me being in Ireland you'd be like oh that's an American accent I wonder where they're from or are they visiting do I know them Mm -hmm. whatever and so you still have that instinct. So even when you're back, you hear, you know, from the, uh, off to the side, you hear an American voice and you're just like, oh, an American. And then you're like, oh, of course, I'm in America. Of course, there's an American. They're, they are all mm. Americans. Yeah, there was not like kind of auditory shock. And then there's a phrase that somebody I work with who uh, was, was born in China introduced me to, which is um, in America, everything is awesome which I think is, you know, very funny and accurate. He just means the way people carry themselves, you know, the way people speak, the way people articulate, everything is awesome. And I think that that is a big hallmark of America that that was, uh, 
a bit of a reverse culture shock when I came back. Yeah, I got made fun of for using the word fantastic to describe stuff. Like I would, I, I was filming with someone and I was like, yeah, that was great. Fantastic. He's like, that's so American to describe my uh, performance as fantastic. I can, I can see it so clearly in Germany as well, because I think it's probably happens to me with German colleagues or clients where you say something like fantastic, right? And then they look at you yeah. and they say, fantastic. Oh, <laughs> you know, like it like, wasn't that good, man. I was oh. like, okay. <laughs> You know, um, so uh, apologies to, to any German listeners as well. I was not trying to make fun of you. I, <laughs> it's okay. You can, you can leave me to do respect. that. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. You know, I have no way to transition to this topic, but I want to talk about your cats. Um, Hit me. Oh, yeah. Okay. God. But before I give you my question, maybe we should introduce them. And, and why did you, when did you decide to get your cats? And like, give, give us the little spiel on that. Yeah, um, so we we were always interested in, you know, getting some sort of pet when we moved to the U.S. We, you know, kind of thought about dog or cat or something like that. Dog, I think we both decided we didn't want to have one if we were going to live in New York. Especially, it's hard to find green space nearby. And I don't know, you see a lot of dogs in the city that I kind of just feel bad for. <laughs> they like, mm, yeah. you know, walk on this really nasty ground and don't have a lot of space indoors as well to hang out or to run around. And we're, we're both going to work as well, right? So we settled on a cat, started looking for, you know, a few options. And then it's really, you know, like competitive. Everything in here is competitive. And so like, so even... It, everything, even pet adoption, everything in New York is like, yeah, you gotta be there you gotta first. Be the best. Yeah, you yeah. gotta be there first and you gotta be ready. Like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I got rejected from, a, from my first application for adoption. And yes, there was an application. There was an application and a phone interview, which <laughs> would have been followed by an on-site visit and then eventually an adoption. And uh, I got rejected after the phone interview. Um, How did that feel? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I wasn't super pleased. I sent a pretty <laughs> angry message. And then actually when we, when we adopted our actual cats from a different agency, I, I sent them a photo and I said, this could have been you. <laughs> That's, uh, petty, but funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought it was. You're back. You're back in New York. <laughs> you know, I'm back in New York. Exactly. So, so one of the ways that we found that we would be able to get a competitive advantage is a lot of times, uh, if you do two. That's, mm -hmm. that's harder. They have what, what are called like bonded pairs or matched pairs. And so we found a, a bonded pair <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we, we kind of hit it off with them right away. This was a more chill adoption place. We could just kind of go in and visit and they were very playful and nice. And we decided to take them home. And, uh, but, but even, even this was like not the perfect situation. Cause I remember we were traveling the rest of the week. We were going to Philadelphia and you know, we said, oh, we love them. We'll take them. But, you know, can we pick them up on Tuesday? We're going to be away for the next few days. And she was like, oh, I don't really know about that. And I was like, are you kidding? I was like, give us the damn cats, lady. Um, <laughs> you got a room full of them. Um, the damn cats. And, uh, you know, she cooled on that. And so we, we picked them up the following week and we renamed them um, Polly and Silvio. And, uh, yeah, they're two little tabby kittens. They were about five months when we adopted them. So they're, let's see, probably about 10 months now. If your cats could speak to you um, and you could have a conversation with them, what, what would you ask them or say to them? Oh, 
God. See, okay, do you know that show um, Mindhunter on Netflix? With the serial killers? With the serial killers. Okay, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, the like David Fincher show. Good, good show. Solid show. First season at least. Yeah, I, yeah. I can plug that. But but like a, a main kind of going theme of the show is you have um, these guys who are forming like the first, you know, behavioral science mm-hmm. unit in the FBI or whatever. And so as part of this like behavioral study, they're gonna go and they're gonna talk to convicted serial killers in jail. That is what I feel like it would be like to speak to my cats um, if they could speak human. You think English. they'd be like serial killers? They're total sociopaths, man. They have no, okay. no feeling, no regard, no um, sense of, of emotion tied to the place that they live in. And so I think it would literally be like interviewing a couple of serial killers. Hmm. I, I, I was thinking it would be more warm and affectionate, but you would proceed with caution. They're, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're nightmares, man. I love them, but I hate them. They're, they're absolute nightmares. Just right now, they're in a phase. Mm. They just Wait, like- Okay, so they're like uh, teenager cats in cat years, in kitty years. Um, not quite, it's, it's, cause I think they tend to live a bit longer than dogs. So I think it's more like four, four to okay. one than seven to one. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're still super, they're like two or three years old, basically. Okay, interesting. You know, waking us up three four five a.m every day walking on our faces i i've had that i visited a friend and the two cats just uh tore me up at like three in the morning on the couch i was fair game basically all my stuff too yeah they love it they love it okay my next question is um what is love can you define love for us (laughs) <laughs> all i can think of is like baby don't hurt me yeah yeah so, it's like all that pops into my head that or like what's love got to do with it what is love um pass pass okay <laughs> maybe we can revisit this um yeah bring it up again later okay later. i'll think about it what what is your social what is your favorite social media platform that people are like that's commonly used today and why or maybe mm-hmm. what do you find yourself using the most? So I, I like Facebook, to be honest. This uh-huh. is, I know, like a crazy left field answer. Um, I don't do anything right. on Facebook. I don't, I mean, I think aside from like fundraisers, I don't think I've posted anything on Facebook in two to three years, maybe. And, uh, and even before that, I was posting maybe once a year. But I still check it maybe two, three times a week, minimum, and scroll a little bit because I have found that the things that Facebook has decided to show me these days are mainly things that are happening with people who I have no connection to anymore, but I did, but I did know at some point. So it might be like people you and I went to high school with who I wasn't yeah. really friends with, but in high school, when Facebook was new, you became, you friended everyone at the school pretty much. Yeah. And so I'm still Facebook friends with a lot of these people. I don't know. I'm curious what they're up to. I know what most of my friends are up to. I'm curious what the folks I wasn't that tight with are up to. So uh, I like to creep into their lives on That's, Facebook. Yeah. I mean, that was honestly the beginning of Boba's Dude was just me using Facebook to be like, hey, this, this is going to be weird. I haven't talked to you in forever, but what you're doing here is kind of interesting. I'd, I'd love to hear more. Um, it's I haven't a really... used Facebook yeah, in a while, but, but in the beginning, that's, that's what I used it for. Yeah, uh, that's a really good Bobus point. I didn't even years ago, realize years when ago. I was saying it, that really is the focus dude thing, except you let people tell their own stories instead of having other people kind of 
you know, creep in on them and make make assumptions and stories. It's like uh, ver- reverse creeping, if, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, awesome, awesome. I, I did want to ask you about, I don't know, if, if this is uncomfortable, we can blur, blurt it out or whatever, but I did want to ask you about your um, job announcement and then like retraction of the statement on LinkedIn. Like wh- as uncomfortable as it is to talk about it, I would love for you to walk us through that and um, we can kind of dissect it. Because I think it's interesting. Yeah. It's something that everybody kind of deals with in one way or another. Oh, totally. It's not, um, it, I actually don't find it uncomfortable at all. Okay. Um, you know, I'm in a, I'm in my new office at my new job and I'm in a meeting room that I don't know how soundproofed it is, which is funny. So, that, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not, it's not like I'm going to say anything bad. Or, um, or for some background, maybe we could like lay, lay the scene of like what happened initially before. Of we, course. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll walk through the whole thing. So basically I left Dublin <laughs> with the intention of, well, I, I didn't really know exactly what the intention was. The intention, the, the key tenants were, I was going to leave my current role which was a job in software sales, which is what I'd been doing for the previous seven years. And uh, I was going to move to New York, take some time and use that time to try and find a job within the film industry in some capacity that I felt fit the skill set that I'd been doing in tech. Now, that could have meant a few different things. The first is I was mainly working in project management software in tech. And so uh, I had this idea of maybe film production or distribution companies might need project management software, or some of them I even knew for a fact already had it. Maybe they need someone internally to help them run it. At tech companies, um, you have you know an endless stream of project and, and product managers who do a lot of this kind of um, organizational type business. But in a traditional industry like film, not as much. But I was thinking maybe some companies are, are adapting to it. Maybe some companies are realizing like, okay, we need a project manager and we need project management software. Didn't really find that to be the case, at least, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the folks that I looked at. And I'll, I'll go more into that in a second. That was one angle. The other angle was maybe do like what are essentially sales for film, which is distribution. So like once a film is created and is completed, the producers, you know, work with a, a distributor who then sells and markets it to theaters or streaming platforms or whatever. They get it mm-hmm. out there. Um, and that is sales within film. So that's something that, that could still be an ambition. But basically what happened is uh, I spent you know, three months not working, just applying and trying to get my, you know, foot in the door. And uh, I got stonewalled, absolutely stonewalled. Mm -hmm. Like I probably submitted, um, I was doing a pretty good cadence of submitting like five to six applications a day um, for about three months. Um, So, you know, you can do the math there. I ended up submitting, but by the very end, I mean, I had submitted over 200 applications easily and I probably got 10 responses Mm. and five round one interviews and one job. I did end up getting a job out of this. So I'll talk about that as well in a second, but basically it was, um, it was one of those like back to basics disheartening moments that reminded me a lot of like when you're applying for jobs and you're fresh out of school you expect yeah. something like that right when you have kind of years of experience that that looks pretty good on paper yeah um, you don't expect that and so i was um, a little surprised a little disappointed but you know there were some factors there i mean one thing is that 
at least 75% of the things I applied for were at companies who either were part of or were owned by one of the very large companies. So that means like Universal, uh, for instance, NBC Universal owns Mm -hmm. a huge market share, including lots of subsidiaries that do interesting things. Disney, huge market share, lots of subsidiaries that do interesting things. Hulu, for instance, if you want to work at Hulu, Disney owns Hulu. So you're applying to Disney. I didn't know that. If you want to work at Hulu. Warner Media owns HBO. So if you want to do anything related to HBO or any other, you know, thing, you know, Warner Brothers, anything like that, owned by them. All of these studios essentially are are part of just large multimedia conglomerates, um, which is ironic because this is kind of how it used to be at the closing of the first Hollywood era. And then they broke Mm -hmm. all that up and dismantled it. Now, nobody really seems to mind anymore. So that's neither here nor there. So a lot of these big companies, the first thing they do is they use resume parsing software, which means that probably 75% of my applications never saw actual human eyes, which, you know, part of the problem is how much of the market is interested in applying for these things and how they just throw them up on LinkedIn. You know, they probably are getting 10 applications a minute for a lot of these things. You know, by the end of the day, they've got thousands. And so they have to do that, I guess. But then it puts you in a position where, you know, I, I wasn't really interested in like rewriting and faking my resume in a way that I thought would beat a computer. That seemed wrong to me. So I wasn't really willing to go down to that level. So I kind of abandoned that a little bit. Started working for a small software slash film company who was working in production Mm -hmm. accounting and uh, found that I I wasn't, their software was a little behind what I usually would have um, been used to working in the tech industry. It it made me realize like, A, my standards are very high when it comes to a software product, which is, you know, fair. Um, I'm conscious of that, but it made me realize B, you know, when it comes to software stack, a lot of companies in the film industry are probably not quite there yet. They're lagging behind a little bit. Left them uh, very quickly. I spent one week with that company. We left on on great terms. I I Mm -hmm. hope I I was pretty straight up with them. I was like, look, I'm 100% sure this isn't right for me. Um, So I'm going to do you a favor by not waiting any longer. You know, I was like, I was like, anytime I spend will be a waste. I could kick back and take your paycheck and apply for Mm -hmm. more stuff. Or I can just like, let you fill yeah. this role with someone better. So we left on on good terms, I'd say. And then at that point, I was like, you know what? I just think that I had a really good thing going here. I'm I'm kind of just sick of this, my job being applying for jobs. And uh, I loved what I was doing. And I loved this world of, of tech and work management and, and a lot of the sales cycle stuff. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that's how I found out about Notion and who I'd known about for, for quite some time, but it's how I, you know, came to the idea that I might work there. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as I started the process of, of applying and starting to work with them, I was, I was very, very sure that this was the right choice going back mm-hmm. to, to this industry. And uh, yeah, I'm in my fourth week with them and, and it's been very, very happy ever since. Nice. Um, but before we, I guess, like one step back, um, what was the the pitch like um, that you gave to these film companies? Was it like you were applying for a position or you were like, hey, I can help you create a new role within your organization? Yeah, it was a bit of a mix. Uh, my first attempt was I did a lot of like LinkedIn outreach and, mm-hmm. you know, 
using my you know tools I had used when I was doing sales stuff previously, and reached out with kind of more of a pitch of like uh, and and look, I'll be honest, I um, I was working in a project management company. I knew what some film companies were that were using our project management software. I was I was reaching out to some of these people being like, I literally know you use my software. I'm an expert in it. I've spent five years, you know, mastering it. Uh, if you ever need someone in house, give me a shout. And, and yeah, I mean, it just didn't, didn't really materialize. I think there's, there's also a lot of external consultants and resources they could use rather than committing to this internally. And the, the industry also just moves so quickly that like, there's not a lot of time to stop and be like, okay, let's revamp process, um, which mm -hmm. a lot of things like software companies do do. A lot of software companies, you know, Routine, we have a, yeah. like a, a quarterly review or an annual, you know, kickoff where like, that's what it's all about. It's about level setting and being like, how are our systems? How are our processes? Are we doing this right? And I, and I don't think that industry works that way. Um, and that's fine. You know, it doesn't leave a lot of room for reevaluation of how things are done. Yeah. I don't know. For me, it would be really hard to do this, but like, was it, was it difficult for you to announce that you were going to do something and then retract it publicly? Like, was that, was that hard or was that something you just typed up like, oh, all right, I'm switching, switching <laughs> directions real quick? Yeah, I, th I thought about it a little bit. You know, I mean, I mean like I made a book, I called my shot on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. which like, you know. It, that's... it takes uh, courage to, to yeah, do that, I for, would say. For sure, for sure. And I think when you call your shot, you've got to be ready for what you'll do if yeah. you don't end up succeeding, right? Um, and so I'd, I'd always had a thought of like, okay, what what might this look like? It, you know, am I gonna like make a public apology? Am I gonna like- be <laughs> No like, apology, guys, but yeah. You know, am I gonna be yeah. like, guys, I failed? Or am I gonna, in like the darker parts of that period of like applying for work, I really mm -hmm. wanted to do a post that like dings the film industry and was like, mm -hmm. you know, this resume parsing is bullshit, you know, all these, you know, large companies is bullshit. Like I, I was yeah. angry. And so like, I was like, oh, am I going to do an angry post? I don't know. That's not really my style. So I'm glad that, you know, I cooled off. Um, but when I actually got the new job and decided to go back into tech, I wrote up a full post <clears throat> on LinkedIn about a week before I started here. And I, <laughs> I, I, um, I wrote it up and it was there on my computer and I was looking at it and, uh, I was calling to uh, my wife, Eva, who was in the kitchen. I was like, Eva, I, I, wrote, the, I wrote the post. And she was like, oh, can I read it? Um, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. And she came to the room and she was about to go in to start reading it. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to post it. And I did control, <laughs> control A, select all, and just delete it. And she was like, what the fuck? You know, I didn't even, I was just about to read that. But then I was like, you know what? No, I, I'm sorry. It's not about you reading it. It's me in this moment realizing I actually don't want to say anything. I'm just going to uh -huh. update the job and I'm just, you know, fuck them basically. Like yeah, yeah. who cares what, what the LinkedIn folks think? Like they can see that I got this new job that's in the industry that I said I was leaving and they can think what they want. That's fine. Then uh, I did that. Um, and that was really nice. You know, people gave their best wishes. Nobody was like, mm -hmm. hey, what the hell? What happened? You know? Um, <laughs> How could you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, just to go back to it for a second, there were a lot of people when I was leaving Ireland that were like, 
I just, you know, I'm sad you're leaving, but I have so mm -hmm. much respect for someone that's going to follow their dream. So like, okay, yeah, so this, much, this makes you know, it more difficult. Yeah. I got, I got a lot of that, a lot of like, oh, you're, you're inspiring, man. Now's the time to do it. Now's the time to chase that dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so guys, uh, backtracking so guys, on that. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think after, you know, just posting the blank update with no description, and, and then actually having my first week of work here, that's when I was started to think like, okay, maybe, maybe I do want to post something. And then I, mm -hmm. I kind of just, just wrote it and was just like, you know, I don't, you know, I, I opened just being like, I don't really know how I'm going to announce this, but here's, here's how it went. And I think my goal was to strike a balance between all the different types of posts that I was thinking about writing previously. I okay. wanted to some key points I wanted to get across are like, I don't think that the film industry is where I wanted it to be. I wanted to get a point, you know, get it across that like I tried and failed. I wanted that to be clear. I wanted it to be clear that like I did not succeed. I wanted it to be clear that, you know, going back to this industry was not a consolation prize. This was like a mm -hmm. conscious choice that I am happy I made, you know? So like those were just kind of the key beats I wanted to hit. Um, and it, I was, I was really happy with it. I think it, it, went well yeah i i think it's uh it's pretty healthy for people to see the decision making process in in real time i i'm sure it wasn't like always comfortable but i think it, it's cool for people to see like it's okay to be like hey i tried something um i have no regrets about trying it and um and i'm gonna try something else now so yeah uh, kudos kudos thanks dude appreciate it is there anything that you like are revisiting in america that you have a different appreciation for after being in Ireland for a while? Like anything you revisited with a new perspective? Mm, a different appreciation for. Um, yeah. I, I like how positive that is. Cause usually it's like, is there anything that you loved when you left America that now you- Oh, now you can you can take it that way too. <laughs> I, I just say, I try to say it nicely, but if you hate something now that you, you used to I, love, that's also <clears throat> interesting. The, the only thing I'll throw out, um, and then I want to think of something positive, is uh -huh. that um, when I first moved to Ireland, I, you know, I've, I've always loved pizza. We talk about pizza endlessly mm -hmm. on this podcast. You know, I'm, yes. I'm basically addicted. Um, I still owe you pizza, by the way, but yeah, oh, continue, continue. All good, all good. Uh, you'll, you'll get me. Um, mm. And when I moved to Ireland, like, I was kind of a pizza purist. I'd be like, pepperoni slice, New York style, boom, give it to me, eat it normally, great, gone. And then in Ireland, you know, the pizza was a bit different. It wasn't like that, that American pizza. And so I was always like, oh, I can't wait to get back to like US pizza, right? And then I met Eva and Eva insisted on using um, like a dip with pizza every time, always. Like garlic what kind dip. of dip? Okay. Garlic dip. Okay. Yeah, garlic mayo, um, which is, is a thing in the UK and Ireland. Like every time you go to a pizza place, chances are they're going to have dips that are garlic mayo, which I, I've noticed now in the US, it seems to be like ranch is kind of a thing that pe some people throw yes. out there, Yes. Um, which I never <laughs> noticed before because I never even considered the idea. Um, I got so into it in Ireland, this idea of like, yeah, pizza and garlic dips, fucking delicious. Like we'd order a pizza and we'd get like four dips so that we'd make sure that we didn't run out. Um, or that we'd like, worst case scenario, we have some leftover in the fridge, right? And I've become this, this heathen, this like pizza heathen who eats pizza mm -hmm. with dip. And so I've come back and like garlic mayo is not an easy find here in New York right now. You um, gotta make it yourself, right? 
so we we found like a vegan vegan garlic mayo is the only thing uh -huh. we found and it's it's pretty good um we can make some ourselves i guess but you know if you're out on the town you're gonna get a slice whatever like yeah you're gonna have to just deal with that plain slice and uh the whole time i'd been thinking like can't wait to get back to new york pizza new york slice new york pepperoni slice it's gonna uh -huh. be great um i was really disappointed i was really disappointed oh wow, that's pretty sad and now I'm, I'm i miss irish pizza what the hell's wrong with me I miss kind of odd. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Um, so that's that's the uh, that's the, the biggest change. Something I have a newfound appreciation for. You know, I just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Everything's fine here. <laughs> Everything everything's fine here. Nice. All right. I mean, one thing I will say is yeah. that it, that's different is the the amount of space that people are used to from my perspective, like. When I came back, I don't know, like a similar type of apartment in the U.S. will generally have more space or mm. or like if you get a house, um, compare it to a similar thing in Germany around the city to like someplace in Philly or out suburbs of New Jersey. That's um, true. Get a bigger house, but. I mean, that's really true. I mean, it's it's not the same in New York, but actually that's that's a good like newfound appreciation. And this this came a little earlier when my <laughs> wife first visited the town Montgomery where you and I grew up. She saw uh, my house for the first time, which I would have considered to be like very standard, if not like slightly on the smaller side house for our town. Uh -huh. Like I think it, it you know it would be a good degree smaller than yours, for instance. Um, I mean, our, our to, like, town our town there. skewed skewed. Um, our town skewed big, Athlete. like yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but yeah, it wasn't yeah. even it wasn't even so much about money. It felt like there were there were kind of like eras of house in our town. Yes, yeah. there were like the older, more farm style houses, and then there were some of the newer developments like yours, where mm -hmm. you, you almost didn't have. It was a lot of like open space. There were yes, like yeah. big like foyer in the front, right? Um, where where it's not like it's not like there's more space to do stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. But there's there's a lot of like more air. Either way, though, you know, I would have considered ours on the smaller side and we rolled up and Eva was there and she was like, that is huge. She was like massive yeah. house. And she's right. Like compared to Ireland, compared to Australia, it is really, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, so that was that was a newfound appreciation for my my very large childhood home, I guess, what I now yeah. consider to be a very large childhood home. I yeah. mean, now now it's um, now it's different. Like, I don't think I'll be able to afford the the house i grew up in for many 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 years so never not a chance yeah, I, don't, I have a different appreciation now now for that i mean the the market dynamics are a bit different of course but yeah but i have a different viewpoint on that now yeah i also wanted um concerning culture like i i was listening to another podcast where whereas like sports metaphors are always a big thing organized sports mm -hmm. are like a huge part of growing up in America it's like how young people develop their leadership skills and things like that but um looking around here in Germany at least like there are some organized sports but it doesn't play as big of a part in the culture here like I see people growing up without playing organized sports and they're not that crazy out here yeah you know? some of them do develop adult skill sets without organized <laughs> sports so I wanted sure. to hear your take on this um this difference um yeah that's interesting you know i don't know i i think actually the more the more i've worked with people in the us though who come from all over mm -hmm. the more i've met people that didn't grow up 
doing that. And I guess I'm, I'm a little skewed as well. I mean, I work in an office that's primarily housed with engineers and designers and people who are a bit more on the artistic side, maybe more on the um, technological side, people who would have been more into, you know, books and writing and, and, and uh, uh, you know, kind of tech and, and, you know, STEM type stuff um, than sport. Then again, like you look at like any sales department and everybody's like, yeah, I played football. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, like, so... You know, High that, five, that, bro. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you still you still get some of that as well. I think in the US, um, sport sometimes gets used as a proxy for discipline. When, you know, like you said, that's not the only path. I think the important skill that you take away is discipline. It's like the ability to take a skill and to practice that skill on a very regular basis. You have the discipline to go to practice on a regular basis. You have the discipline to then exhibit that skill in a, a competition on a regular basis. And that competition will in turn then teach you things about like what it's like to win and what it's like to lose and the right way to win and the right way to lose. Cause there's a lot of winning and losing in life. And so I think those skills can all be found elsewhere. The U.S. Yeah. just kind of wraps them up into sport. And, and the, the thing that's, of course, in classic, like, American fashion, if you ask most sports people, like, is that what sport's about? They'd be like, hell no. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. but, but I think that when you break sport down, especially for kids, what, it, what they really get out of it is they get discipline, mm -hmm. they get teamwork. Like you said, they, there's some leadership there, and they learn a lot about, like, win and loss um, and how to handle those things. And... Yeah, I think that people can get that elsewhere. And I think that especially these days, like you can get, there's, there's even more resources to get those same mm -hmm. skills and those same developments. I, I guess it's harder to like, when you're a kid, you, you don't think about this. Like I need to develop this skill set. I need to be challenged here and here. Um, sports kind of just bestows it upon you and puts you into these situations. But I guess outside of sports, you, you will still have, challenging situations and different social dynamics anyway so yeah yeah certainly um yeah okay. <laughs> agree okay. bob i want to flip it over um to you to, to ask me some questions if, if that's all right do you, do you have anything off the top of your head that you want to yeah how um ask me? how how saucy can i be can i talk about a very recent event yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, I mean, you made a public announcement yesterday of a major life change oh, that I'd love okay. to ask about. Can we talk about yeah, that? Yeah, I'm not getting married or going bald, people. These are the questions. Or having children. So uh, just prefacing people ask <laughs> cool. me. These cool. are the most common questions I get nowadays. Yeah. Um, yeah, God, we're getting old. Um, so <laughs> not getting uh, Yeah, I, I had known you were planning on this for quite some time. But yesterday mm -hmm. I saw you... Um, you uh, threw up a little announcement that you're going to uh, officially be leaving your job. Yes. Tell me more. Yeah, um, it, it's something I wanted to do for a while, um, leave this organization. Not, I really do like working in, uh, in payments. So the company is a financial tech company. It's a public company. And I actually didn't see myself working there, to be honest, when I was a working student there. But they offered me a job. So I was like, okay. Um, it kind of makes sense at the time. And then I really liked my teammates. Um, what we were doing was like, okay, but I was like, I'm, to be honest, I felt like I'm competent in marketing. So ended up doing that. And then uh, fast forward four years later, I was like, wow, I'm still doing this. Um, 
not to bash on, on the company or the people I work with, but I, I wanted to try something closer to what I studied um, and what I've kind of been involved with my like entire adult life, which is sustainability. So now I'm working with a, I will be working with a, a renewable energy company. Um, I don't want to go too in depth on that side, but um, that's, that's what I'll be doing. And then I'll take like about two months off kind of having my freedom summer. I'll do a little bit of travel. I'll go to the UK to see a friend that I, I worked on this uh, Philippine documentary with. I'll go to the Netherlands, uh, really for, for pride uh, parade on the canal. It's, it's beautiful, fun, fun party. And then I'll visit a friend in Portugal. And along the way, I'll be working on a documentary, um, doing some podcasts here and there, staying busy and um, giving myself some, some downtime. Like sometimes I feel guilty when I, when I force myself to do downtime. I'm like, I should be doing push-ups or something or like improving this thing. I just, I like doing things. So it's, uh, it is hard for me to sit. Um, even when I'm sitting, I'm like, oh, I can meditate right now, but I don't need to do that. So I'm going to work on having guilt-free downtime and uh, yeah, chilling out for a little bit. I, I like this, this thread about, about sitting and chilling, you know, sitting and chilling. I, I relate to that a lot. I can't sit still. Um, I used to be able to, I feel like I've gotten worse. And it's, it's led to a lot of good stuff. You know, I can, yeah. it's, it's like you said, like my mind usually goes to like, can I be doing a form of fitness right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can I be doing squats while I finish this show? Um, you know, you but, can do squats uh, right now if you want till, till the uh, end. <laughs> <laughs> Just like dip, dip below the camera a little bit, you know, yeah, go popping for it. up like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this I, is um, just audio, but Bobby did do two squats or, or his head went down. Um, we'll maybe see. he bent over. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we can, we can get a video version of, uh, online or something that people can view if they really want the full squat experience. Um, we can do a work, we can do a workout together if, if you want. That'd be fun. Actually, maybe next, next fun. appearance on the podcast, we'll do a workout video. What do you I'm think? down. Um, okay. Yeah. But I could, um, yeah. All right. Swearing's allowed, you know, normal motivational swearing. Um, sure. Sure. All right. Nothing cool, too cool. aggressive though. But we, yeah. we can we can we can get to that next time. Before before we wrap, I wanted to you know continue pulling on that thread of kind of doing nothing. And sure. um you know, I, I think that's interesting that you're taking some time to do nothing. Do you think um do you think that you've always been like this? Have you always felt like kind of like not hyperactive, but like need to fill the time, like time you know the day is like a period of slots and I need to put everything something into um, each of those slots you know kind of I, I felt like maybe around I don't know 16 or 17 I started like mapping out like routines and stuff it started with working out but then I did it with other things um I I mean like I'm saying that I want to like ha do nothing but I already have a list of books I'm thinking about reading during this summer yeah I think I did mapping out also kind of leads to comfort like it feels good for me to cross out stuff I've done on a list even if I'm just like having a chill out day like I've I've sharpened the kitchen knives today or I've <laughs> I've done something um yeah but I I do have no problem sitting on the couch um I'm I'm very good at that I'm very good at um 
I know it sounds weird. I'm going to say I'm good at relaxing, but um, <laughs> I, I can, I can relax pretty hard. Um, I can like eat snacks on the couch. I've, I've had taken spaghetti bolognese into my girlfriend's bed when we were dating and she was and spilled a little bit. So like, that's, that's how hard I relax people. Love it. Um, Love it. Yeah. I, um, I have also eaten spaghetti bolognese in bed actually and <laughs> it's a dangerous one <laughs> you're a dangerous man bob <laughs> the key the key is is you gotta um when you store it you gotta use a, a really big tupperware one that's like mm-hmm. bigger than you need to store the amount of spaghetti yes. you have so that you have a lot of ample room for when you bring it to bed um mm-hmm. yeah are you, are you crazy enough to like sprinkle parmesan cheese on the the bolognese while you're in bed or would you be doing that before you bring it over I, w- I would do it before i mean i think also there's the question of like are we heating up this bolognese are we eating it cold what are we doing i'm eating it fresh i'm making it and then i'm, I'm i'll plate it and then i'll i'll bring it to bed but i i'm probably oh, not allowed to oh, bring it to bed oh, 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 oh. Um, nowadays but See, but i that's, like that's a very different story i think bolognese and bolognese in bed as a as a reheat or a a, a next day out of the fridge is is more acceptable i'm a wild man cooking 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 and plating a fresh spag bowl and bringing it to bed is uh it's it's crazy crazy talk um it's very I I, i do a little bit of that like i so nowadays i'm pretty like i live like an old person but i still do some crazy stuff here and there like yeah I'm, I'm like reasonably well adjusted but reasonably well adjusted but still can still can get crazy you know yeah. yeah i got you well before we before we wrap up answer one last question for me tell me this summer during your what, what did you call it the summer of, summer of fun summer of, summer of freedom <laughs> summer of freedom summer of freedom there it is nice freedom summer nice. yeah um personal freedom my freedom what yeah. is what is one thing that you want to be like different about yourself when Mm -hmm. freedom summer is over whether it's like i want to be able to like lift 20 more pounds in this Uh routine or like i want to be happier or more grateful or like what what do you want to come out of freedom summer looking like give you a multifaceted answer um Like, okay, the right answer is like, I want to be more grateful for the things I have and I want to be more empathetic um, with the people around me. But the other day I was thinking that was like my new year's resolution. And I I don't feel like I'm that much nicer to the people around me. I was thinking maybe I should lean more into the dark side. Like if I'm angry at somebody or feeling upset, I can kind of examine this um, anger and see like, how can I resolve this conflict or is it even something worth visiting? So mm-hmm. um, I've been thinking more, more and more about that, like as somebody who has dealt with anger here and there um, and resolved it in not so constructive ways. I think it's good to, um, to dive into it more so. And I would like to get better at doing that. I mean, gr- being grateful for things and, and being kind to the people around me is something I'm like continuously working on, I think. So I would love to have some of that. In terms of more muscles, sure, I'll definitely be um, ratcheting up the fitness routine. I would love to show up in in my new job with a new set of muscles and um, come in fit and uh, ready to to 
do the tasks at hand that have nothing to do with muscles, but, but um, it's, it's always good to do something with more muscles, right? Cool. So you're going to uh, emerge from Freedom Summer at one with your darkness and a little more muscular. <laughs> Darth Vader, Darth Vader Summer. I don't know. <laughs> darker, darker and more muscular. I love it. I'll take that. I'm excited. Before we for wrap you. up, though, you got, we've got to revisit what is love? What is love? Love is when somebody you care about is hungover and hungry and you bring them a hot pizza with garlic dip. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. I like that. And I, I think we can wrap on that. Bye, Bob. Um, is there anything you want people to check out? Any, anybody listening? Links, Notion. stuff like that. Check out Notion. Notion.com Notion. or Notion.so. Either way, they both link you to the same place. It's a cool product. It's my new company. I love it. All right. Um, check it out, people, and have a nice day.